Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Refuge podcast today. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Now here's an inspiring message from one of our leaders or pastors that will help you grow in your relationship with God. The title of this particular message is How to Serve. And as I really begin to dig into this and look at this, I realize this is kind of a hard topic because, you know, uh, we're talking about how to serve. And so I believe what I'm going to share with you will help to inspire you, hopefully motivate you to actively become involved in serving in some capacity. When we truly discover the meaning of serving in the kingdom, serving the Lord Jesus Christ serving one another, I believe there's a need for an attitude shift in how we perceive and look at things and view things. And so I'm believing God's going to do some amazing things in our heart today. Now, some of you, this is going to be maybe more along the lines of encouragement, maybe affirmation. And for some of you, it may be challenging. So just bear with me as we get through this. We are actually living, I believe, in a how-to generation, whether it's auto repair, home repairs, construction, for the ladies putting on makeup, uh, cooking, for guys and women, baking. Uh, you know, we, we can learn so much uh, on how-to, and, and that's why we earn an education, so we can know how to do something, Okay. Uh, whether it's accounting and in the business world, whether it's farming in the field, or whether it's uh, being in the medical field, there's a how-to for everything that we do and for everything we process. And, and there's a basic verse that we, we're using as a foundation for the series. It's found in Psalms 27.11. Psalms 27.11. And this is the psalmist, and he cries out to God with these words. He says, teach me how to live? That's, that's a good basic question. And it goes on to say, Oh Lord, lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. Let's join our faith together as we pray. Father, we thank you for the how to of life, how to live, for the how to serve, how to engage, Father, in your purpose and plan, so that we can make an impact, so we can make a difference in the lives of others. We thank you for the Holy Spirit today to give illumination and understanding to your word so that we can receive something of significance that can help us in our journey. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. Amen. I just wanted to highlight maybe a couple thoughts from the past two weeks. Uh, uh, Two weeks ago, Brooke Haas ministered on the how-to relationships. And something I believe that was so significant and if you can check out that podcast, I would encourage you to do that if you were not here, is the importance of understanding uh, how we need to pray with and for one another. How when we have needs, we need to admit the issues, the challenges we have with people that we know will stand with us and walk us through those things. Because we can't do it alone. We need each other. And I believe that message was so right on target. And thank you, Brooke, for that word, because it challenged me in looking at my own life and how am I connecting with others 
in the how-to of relationships because we want to build strong relationships. And I believe at Refuge, when we begin to foster and build strong relationships among the membership, those strong relationships will help to make this a strong community because every community is only as strong as the relationships that make it up, the families that make it up. So a strong marriage, a strong family will build a strong community. A strong marriage, a strong family will build a strong church. And so we are willing to invest in relationships. Now, Pastor Deb, she did the topic on forgiveness, how to forgive. And I I think it's interesting because forgiveness is the greatest and most powerful expression of love that can ever be expressed. Because for you to forgive someone, that's an action, that's an expression of love. And Jesus, when he hung on the cross, he released that forgiveness, he released that love, he forgave. And so when you forgive someone, you are releasing and expressing the greatest act of love that you possibly can. And, and she shared the story, how many of you remember the story about her moped that was stolen? And she, we, she had opportunity to, to meet up with that thief. And uh, she actually brought me in the room with her. She didn't want to talk to the thief alone. But we were able to share the gospel with him. And he received, he gave his heart to Jesus. He accepted the Lord as, as his Savior. He, because it was either that or go to jail, you know. Um, and... <laughs> No, uh, possibly. He could have. But you know, he wouldn't have went into mil- the mil- military, which he did, because he would have had that on his record. But what Deb did in her act of love, not only did she forgive him, she gave him that moped. And that's, I believe, what impacted his life in such a profound way. He could not believe it. Why would you give me what I stole from you? But it's something that the Lord moved on Deb to to give as an act of love to really fully express her forgiveness towards him. And so that's powerful. It, It really is. And when we understand God's forgiveness towards us, there's no reason why we can't forgive another. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32, it says, don't let bitterness, don't let resentment, don't harbor those things. But we're to forgive even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven us. We forgive even as we forgive just as God forgave us. Why can you forgive at that level? Because you've been forgiven. We can only forgive because we've been forgiven. If we don't forgive when we've been forgiven, then we're stopping that love from going forward. And we don't want to hold on forgiveness because if we don't forgive, then we stop God's forgiveness in our own life. And I won't get into that teaching, but there's, there's a lot of word on that. So today's message, how to serve. And, and as I said, this is somewhat of a difficult message uh, because serving is a matter of the heart and should never be a means to an end, okay? See, it has to be part of our DNA, our spiritual DNA. Serving is a heart issue It has to be in you to serve. I can't make anyone serve. I can't force them to serve because that's not true serving. That is coercion. That is 
uh, forcing somebody by demands to comply to what you want them to do. Serving has to be an issue of the heart, something you want to do. We can't make you serve. We can't force you to serve. And neither can God. But it has to be a willing embracing of what that is all about, okay? So the believer is never forced to serve, but should want to serve others. In fact, when we encounter the greatest servant of them all, Jesus Christ, we are so motivated to want to serve. My encounter with Jesus is what changed my heart to such a degree to where I just wanted to serve others. I wanted to serve God in any way I could. In fact, I can remember uh, after having made a meaningful relationship with Jesus Christ and then trying to find a church where I would fit in and be part of, I can remember looking at opportunities of serving and I wanted to get involved. And In fact, I wanted to do everything and anything in the church. That's just where my heart was at. In fact, there was an announcement and they were taking people for the choir. I'm all in. I, I, I went to choir practice. The problem is, I can't sing. And you can just check with my wife and my family on that one. Or just sit next to me next Sunday and you, you, you'll know for sure. Okay. And so, I joined the choir and apparently... Um, you know, they have these four different categories, alto, soprano, and I didn't know quite where to fit in, so I tried to do them all. <laughs> and one time I can remember, the choir director, she stopped everything, and she said, I'm hearing a sound that's not so pleasant. <laughs> and all eyes were on me, and I said, okay... <laughs> I think I'm going to resign. <laughs> so I resigned from the choir. I, I, I did sing on a couple specials on the Sunday morning, but then I thought I, I, I'm better to maybe serve somewhere else. And, and, and it was AG Church, and they had this thing called Royal Rangers. Now, I was raised in the farm, but we worked all the time, and I knew nothing about camping. And Royal Rangers, it's like a Boy Scouts, uh, but it's really spiritually motivated and impactful. And so I learned a whole lot about camping and campfires and all that stuff by becoming part of Royal Rangers. And, and I felt, hey, this is where I can do this. But then there were other things in the church that I got involved with. There was a bus ministry, and uh, they needed somebody to paint lettering on the side of the bus, and I volunteered. I was somewhat artistic. And, but there were all these little areas that I could see as opportunities to get involved. And I, I want you to tell something. I'll tell you something, every time I served, there was a sense of joy that always came. Not a sense of, oh, I got to do this. There was a sense of joy. There was a sense of anticipation and excitement because I got to do something to serve the people of God and to serve the God that I love. And see, I didn't think I had a whole lot of talent or abilities. At least I knew I couldn't sing, and now you know that too. But I knew there's something I can do. Now, you might be out there, I can't do anything. I'm not that talented. I'm not that bright. There's something you can do. So it's finding that 
thing and then doing it. Because the joy, the reward that comes in serving uh, is wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. So, so who really wants to know how to serve? Or who really wants to serve? Now, some of you might say, well, that sounds like work. You might say, I work all week. I don't want to, you know, serve on weekends in church and do all this other stuff. Uh, you might say, I'm not interested. If you, if you have that mentality, then you don't know what it means to serve. Or you don't understand the impact in your own life or the lives of others. See, why do we see serving as something that is low on the totem pole? I think sometimes that's our mentality. Or something that's beneath your dignity. So I don't need to do that. Somebody else can do that. That's a task. Um, I don't need to do that. You know, I've, I've heard stories of, of CEOs of, you know, of companies going into the church and serving as a host or serving as a greeter, serving as, as and doing things that you would think a CEO would never do that. But it doesn't matter whether you're a CEO or if, if you're a janitor of that same company, you're still a servant of God and you can serve at some level, in some capacity, to make a difference in someone's life. All right? Now, uh, let me say this, and you can write this down if you're taking notes, because this is uh, something when I, I got this, I thought, yeah, Lord, this is, this is good. Pride is the number one reason people don't serve. Why? Because we think... We ought to be served rather than to serve others. Could it be we think we're better than others? And I think that's sometimes what it is. We, oh, I'm better than that. You know, in, in, in Jesus, it's interesting because he tried to get the disciples to understand even the importance of serving children. Uh, a, a group of families were trying to bring their kids to Jesus and they wanted Jesus to lay their hands on their children and bless them. We see this in Mark chapter 10. And, and so the disciples were uh, upset, said, no, Jesus doesn't have time for these kids. No, he doesn't. You know, don't, uh, just keep these kids away from the master. Okay, come on. You know, he's got better things and more important things to do. Well, Jesus became indignant. And he said, don't forbid these children to come to me. For if such is the kingdom... And he, then he began to say, the greatest among you is the least. And so Jesus set a priority on children. And let me just say, serving in children's ministry, you're serving God's greatest. See, it's not beneath anybody to serve children. So I can't handle kids. Well, maybe you don't know you can handle kids. Maybe there's something back there you can do. Okay? But the joy of, of, of impacting a child's life is, is so incredible. And so we encourage that. And there always seems to be needs that need to be filled in various areas. And children's ministry is one of them. Refuge kids. We want refuge kids to be an encounter for children. Parents that bring their children here, we want them to encounter Jesus back there. And you can be a part of that. Amen? So, and so, yeah. I'm kind of you getting off, but that's okay, off track here. But that's okay. We, we need to get on some of these rapid trails sometime. Um, all right. Now, the problem is we have a natural tendency 
to be selfish when we need to be selfless. And there's a vast difference. Let me quickly define for you the, the, the word serving. Serving defined because it, there can be quite an extensive list when you try to describe what serving is. But serving is defined as to perform duties or services for another person or an organization, for example. Uh, the most common use of the word is to give food or drink to someone. That's the most common word for it. You go to a restaurant, you have a server. They're serving you food. So that's the most common use of the word, um, uh, whether it's in a meal or a restaurant. And even Jesus in, in Matthew 10.42 said, even if we give a cup of cold water to someone, we're not going to lose our reward. That's serving. We, we give someone a drink, some, uh, a drink of water, that is, okay? Now, <clears throat> a serving uh, is also defined as a person who performs duties for others. So that means it's work. It's work. But it's a work that generates joy, okay? Um, serving is a term for those enlisted in the military, why? Because of the degree of sacrifice that's required for someone who's serving our military. Now, from a biblical standpoint or a biblical sense, servant is most commonly used in the context of someone who's a slave. Okay? In fact, sometimes the word servant is, is translated in some translation as slave. Now, that's not real good, you know, people, I'm not a slave. Well, we're a slave of Christ. In, in a sense, uh, we, we need to understand the true context of, of what it means to be a servant. A slave is bound or committed to serve someone or to help someone or to be there for someone. In a sense, I'm a slave to my wife. Now, uh, we don't want to go broadcast that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> But in the biblical context, I'm her servant. And you know, and we serve each other. It's not just a one-way street, folks. We serve each other. Oh, gee, too bad, honey. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a two-way. And see, the, within the framework and the function of the body of Christ, we need to be serving one another. And uh, Bishop Wellington Boone, uh, he talks about out-serving his wife. I'm not going to let my wife out-serve me. I'm going to out-serve her. So they have this competition of trying to out-serve the other. Hey, that makes for a very exciting marriage. And, and uh, Vince and Hannah, they're newlyweds here, so just take that home with you, okay? Out-serve one another, okay? Yeah. So, see, in my journey, after I recognized the need to serve I began to realize there were so many opportunities in the church where I could be involved through serving. And as we serve, we become connected with others in a very significant way. You know, it's, it's always amazing because, you know, the, the worship team, I, I want to use them as an example because they're here very early practicing. And the commitment of somebody that's on the worship team, they're here for Tuesday night practice. They come, what time do you get here sometimes? 7.30. So at service starts at 10. They're at 7.30. They're practicing. They're warming up. They're doing sound checks. They're doing all this stuff before we all get here. But you know, the connection of the team 
is so amazing. You know, and so there's that connecting that happens when you begin to serve with a body. You know, if you just come and sit every week, you say, well, I, I just don't feel connected here. Why? Because you haven't begun to serve in some capacity. Serving connects you with the body. Because you have something to give, you have something to contribute to be a part of that. So I want to share with you three important things we need to know about serving. So you can take notes. If you're writing this down, please do. Number one, serving requires humility and sacrifice, but results in our greatest joy. Serving requires humility and sacrifice, but results in our greatest joy. Your greatest joy comes when you are serving others. Um, Jesus had a mindset of a servant. He had a servant mindset. He had a, a servant's heart. Turn with me to Philippians. We want to look at this passage because I think this really capsulizes this whole concept of, of serving. Philippians starting in chapter 2, starting at verse 3. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. See, when you have that frame of mind, then you see others as, oh, I, I, I want to serve them, I desire to serve them, because I see them as more important than myself. Although we do not see ourselves as unimportant, you have to see yourself as important, but you need to place a greater importance upon others. Do you understand? You get that? Okay. Verse 4 goes on to say, Let each of you look not to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. In other words, if somebody has a concern, then that concern of theirs becomes my concern. And vice versa. It works both ways, okay? When we're going through stuff. You know, we don't live an isolated life where we're just, you know, us for no more, okay? We, we are concerned about our neighbors. We're concerned about what other people are going through. And we express compassion, care, prayer and, uh, for those uh, situations that we go through. It goes on to say, let me read verse 4 again. Let each of you look not to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which, was, which is yours in Christ Jesus. In other words, this is the mindset that we need to embrace. This is what Jesus had. When you look at this passage right here in verses 3 through 5, this is the mindset that Jesus had. That's the mindset that you and I need to embrace as well, okay? Now, I, I said earlier that pride is the number one reason people don't serve. Jesus showed us that serving others and humility go hand in hand. If we take up from verse 6, let's read this. Verse 6 says, Who... Though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. In other words, he became a servant, the creator of the universe. Even though he was equal with God because he was God, he took the form of a servant. He humbled himself to this date. So he could serve. He became a servant by his choice in action. That was his mindset. And see, we become servants as well. As we present ourselves to God, Lord, here I am, your servant. 
Okay? Verse 8, look, let's look what happens here. Verse 8 says, And being found in human form, notice, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So humility always brings exaltation. Exaltation only comes when we humble ourselves before the Lord. And as we see here, when Jesus humbled himself, that act of humility and serving others is what actually exalted him to the place that he is now as with having a name that is above every name. Number two, we could spend more time with that. The second point, when we talk about important things we need to know about serving, is that greatness is best expressed in serving others. See, I think in every one of us, you may not admit it, there's a desire to be great. There's a desire for greatness. I want to be great. I want to succeed. I want to overcome. I want to make something of my life. You know, you know, that's the majority of people, they're, they're in that place, okay? And so Jesus said, however, that the greatest among you is the servant of all. So if you're going to be great, you're going to have to come face to face with serving, okay? In fact, Matthew 23, verse 11 in the Amplified Bible, it reads, but the greatest among you will be your servant. Wow. See, that's a flip-flop from the world and the way it perceives things. Jesus was a servant leader, and he called you and I to servant leadership. He set the example. In the book of Luke, we see in chapter 22, starting from 25, Jesus is speaking, and he said to them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors. Verse 26, But not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest and the leader as the one who serves. For who is the greater, the one who reclines at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table? But notice what Jesus said, but I am among you as the one who serves. In other words, Jesus would not be in the recliner. He would be the one doing the serving. Wow. That's, that's pretty heavy duty when you think about who Jesus is. And so uh, let me just share a couple of points about great leaders. Because as I look across this auditorium, I believe I'm looking at great leaders. Great leaders. And, and because I believe that you d- truly desire to serve. And that's a qualification to be a great leader. To be a great servant is a qualifier to be a great leader or to be great in life, okay? And, and see, the issue sometimes, we have this competition to be first. Who wants to be first? If I'm at Sam's Club, if I'm at Aldi's, if I'm at Walmart, if I'm at Kmart, wherever I'm at, when it comes to checkout time, I want to be first in line. Okay? Are, are you, anybody like that? In fact, if I'm going and I see a long line, I pass that by. 
I see another long line, I pass up. I see a short one, I look for the shortest line, and I get in there quick. And there's times I've actually seen somebody coming, and I've got to beat them. <laughs> How, have you, are you guilty of that? Okay. Why? Because you want to be first. Okay. Say it together. We want to be first. Okay. Nobody likes to come in last. Okay. But see, Jesus is challenging that whole issue. Who wants to be first? He's telling us how. Okay. So are you listening? Jesus is going to tell us how to be first. Okay. Um, Mark 9.35 is the key. Mark chapter 9, verse 35. And he sat down, called the 12 disciples, and said to them, If anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and the servant of all. Oh. Maybe the disciples didn't like to hear that sermon that day. <laughs> because they were so prone to want to be first in line. But Jesus is saying, no, no, you do it, you're doing it wrong. You want to be first. Then you need to be willing to be last. And you need to be willing to be the servant of all. Because that's how you're going to end up first. And see, it's realizing first in whose eyes. Do you want to be first in your own eyes or in the eyes of men? Or do you want to be first in his eyes? And see, that's what it's all about. We need to be first in his eyes. So that means we need to be willing to be last. We need to be willing to be the servant of all. And that's a challenge because we're living in a service society. We go places where we get the best service, not the worst service. We want people to wait on us, to serve us, right? Okay? Uh, I believe that great servants, and these are some qualities about great servants, great servants have passion. And passion is a strong feeling of enthusiasm or excitement about something or about doing something. So as we serve, we need to do it with passion. We need to do it not with begrudging it, saying, oh, I'm back here with the kids again. You think those kids want you there? No, get out of there. Say, oh, I'm back with the kids again. Oh, I know the sermon is going to be good out there, but I got the podcast. I can listen to it. I'm here with the kids now, and I'm glad to serve, okay? Uh, or wherever you're serving, you know, you know some of you out there holding those signs, welcome the refuge. <laughs> We're so glad you're here, you know? You might say, that's not me. I'm not. Well, well then come on inside and find another place to serve, okay? All right. Okay. Uh, great servants have zeal. Uh, zeal is to have great energy or enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause or an objective. It's fervor for a person, a person, a cause, or an object. I believe that great servants also have genuine concern and care for others. There's a genuine concern and care. It's not fake. It's not manipulative. It's genuine. And see, at Refuge, we want people to have a genuine encounter with people that truly love God and love people. So that when people come through these doors, they say, wow, this is the real deal. You know, these people are real. They're genuine. Paul had Timothy, and, and he spoke about Timothy. He said, there's no one that I can recommend to you more than Timothy, because he has a genuine concern and care for your needs. He's not into himself. He's not self-serving. He is genuine because he has a genuine concern and care for you. So great servants have genuine concern and care. Be genuine. Be real. 
Genuine is used to describe people and things that are exactly as they appear to be and not false or not imitation. I don't like imitation butter. I don't like imitation crab meat. I mean, it's okay, but it's not the real deal. They've just bought some imitation crab meat, and I thought I'm going to have some of that. And ah, there's just something wrong with this. I snuck some the other day, and that you can have the rest of it. It's serious, son. You you can have that imitation crab meat. (laughs) Oh boy. Uh, There's imitation vanilla. That won't enter my house. I think there's a little bottle tucked away somewhere. I will go down to Mexico and purchase it if I have to. And I have on mission trips. I come back with a suitcase full of uh, the real deal vanilla, you know. So, yeah, I, I just don't like imitation. It's imitation butter, that is the worst. Mm. Give me the real deal with the cream and all that stuff, okay? Okay. So, concern means to relate to, to be connected with, to be of interest or importance to. It's when you display or engage a person's attention, interest, or care. So when you have that concern. See, you know, I know no matter how bad things can be be going for you or for us, we may have an excuse or we think we have an excuse or I don't need to save others because I'm dealing with so much myself. But no matter what you're going through, you can still serve. No matter what pain you're experiencing, you can still serve. Because many times in your serving, you, f- you find healing, you find help. Because sometimes we can be so inward focused and then we forget about the world around us because of our own issues we're going through. Sometimes we feel we can't take on anybody else's trouble because we're so overwhelmed with our own trouble. But sometimes if you get your eyes off of yourself and say, hey, they're, they're worse off than I am. Maybe I need to not feel sorry for myself like I am. So number three, because we got we to bring this down to a close. Number three, uh, the real how-to of serving. This is the real how-to of serving is to look at Jesus' example. Look at Jesus' example. Just look at him. The Bible says in Hebrews, looking at the Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith. And so the example of Jesus is he had the characteristics of a servant's heart. In Mark chapter 10, verse 45, Jesus states, he says, For even the Son of Man, that's referring to himself, came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. See, he stated that very emphatically. I didn't come to be served. I came to serve, okay? See, he washed the disciples' feet, which was a lowly position in, in the day to wash someone's feet. Because uh, they wore sandals for the most part. Or some people in the day that Jesus walked this earth maybe didn't have shoes. So they walked the dirty, dusty roads, highways. In fact, in the streets of Jerusalem, um, and I've been to Jerusalem twice. A few other of you here have been to Jerusalem. They used to throw the garbage in the street. And so when you're walking in the street, Your feet are going to get messed up with all the garbage. So the foot washers of the day 
were hired. It was a menial task to wash people's feet. So they would go into an establishment. They would have foot washes there. And the foot washes were low on the totem pole of the pay scale. And they would wash people's feet. Well, Jesus did that. He washed the disciples' feet. And, and, and he, Peter especially, he had a problem. You're not going to wash my feet? And he said, well, then you have no part of me. Oh, okay, then wash all of me. And he said, no, you need to realize that to be part of me, you need to take on this DNA to have this servant's heart, to be willing to serve at whatever capacity is out there. You need to be willing to do it. In John 13, 15, concerning the foot washing, this is what Jesus said. For I've given you an example that you should also do just as I've done to you. In other words, you need to serve like I'm serving you. You need to serve others like I'm serving you. See, Jesus, the Son of God, the King of the universe, Lord of Lords, didn't place himself in a position above others. He led by serving. He loved by serving. He washed the disciples' feet. He fed thousands. He ministered to the sick and hurting. He lived a life of humility. Now realize that a servant is one who is distinguished as obedient and faithful to God or to the Lord Jesus Christ. See, how we serve others determines how we serve Jesus Christ. And I want to close with a a passage here that we see in Matthew 25. Verse 40, there's actually two takes on this particular passage, but I believe there's something that we need to see. In Matthew 25, verse 40, Jesus is sharing a parallel of of how, of what it means to serve. He says, and the king will answer them truly and truly. And the king is Jesus, by the way. I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, You did it to me. In verse 45, he says this kind of in reverse. That he will answer them saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. Now understand this. And this is the beauty of what Jesus is saying right here. When we serve others, it is no different than serving Jesus. We serve Jesus by serving others, by pouring our life into others. Because when we do it to even the least, and if you consider the least the children, because that's what the disciples considered, oh, they're the least. But Jesus said, no, they're the greatest. When we serve the least, we're serving Jesus in that capacity, that same way. And if we fail to do that, then we also fail to serve Jesus in that capacity. So we need to understand serving with this kind of mindset that what we do when we serve others is what we're doing directly to Jesus. You know, I heard one minister say one time, it's almost like we have to put the face of Jesus on people so that when we serve them, we realize we're really serving Jesus as we serve this person. No matter who they are and what they've gone through, what they're dealing with, Jesus takes that personal, okay? So I want to ask you a question this morning. What is the Lord speaking to you through this message today? Are you willing and ready and motivated to serve 
Are you willing to get involved in making a difference in other people's lives? What will that look like for you? Are you willing to serve the purpose of God for your life? These are all questions you need to ask yourself because I believe the Spirit of God is speaking this morning. Thank you so much for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages, you can visit us online at wearerefuge.net.